This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week here in the studio is Nick Lamone. Hey, how's it going, everybody? You didn't give him, I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. That's, that's your catchphrase now. <laughs> got it. You said it more than <laughs> once, Mentor. so that's what you got to say. <laughs> We're also joined by Justin Davis. Scoop. And Mark Medina, who's been working on his catchphrase, and he's going to debut it to us right yeah. now. Hit us with it, Mark. I'm here, Damon. That's, that's <laughs> well, it. That's I it. showed up. That's what it is now. <laughs> You gotta be careful about what what your catchphrase is, because otherwise you'll have the Greg Miller curse of people just shouting it at you on the street for probably the rest of your life. Oh, funny story. I don't live anywhere near a major city. I went to the hospital the other day just for a doctor's appointment, and some random staff member was like, hey, you're Mark Medina from IGN. I love GameScoop. And I'm like, what? (laughs) That's great. I I haven't gotten one of those in a while, but it was great. Hi, Hi, man from the hospital. Scoop yeah, Nation. don't look up Mark's medical records. That's <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's not great. Oh. That's like the one time uh, I, I ordered Uber Eats, and when I answered the door, the guy was like, mm-hmm. what? Oh, <laughs> I was no. like, well, okay, I'm glad you know where I live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got <clears throat> a great show for you this week. We'll talk about Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is out now, and it's gotten eight from IGN. We'll also talk about live-action cyberpunk, because that's going to be a thing that we'll be able to watch sometime in the future. But first, a quick little anecdote. Uh, I was out the past few days on a little vacation uh, for my wife and I's anniversary. We took the kids to this little farm in Santa Ynez, which is about three hours north of LA. And it was very nice. They had alpacas and goats and chickens and cats running around. Kids loved it. But since it's a farm, farms require some tending to. So the owner like stays on property in this little side house. And he was just sort of like wandering about doing his like farm thing. But eventually we like introduced ourselves and we talked to him. 
talked about the property, and when it eventually came to like what we do for a living, we're like, well, we work in video games with so a website called IGN.com. And he did not know IGN, but without skipping a beat, he goes, oh yeah, I used to have a Sega CD. I loved Sewer Shark. <laughs> what a and he's game. Just like, he's just like this like, Wow, this hippie uh, you know, surfer farmer dude. Cool just, dude. That, that's his core memory that yep. that was unlocked when I just mentioned video games. He used to have a Sega CD and he loved Sewer Shark. Yeah, dude. If you were to say, Damon, I'll give you uh, a thousand guesses what <laughs> name that man will name drop. <laughs> I don't know that Sewer Shark would have made it on that list. Yeah, usually it's something Nintendo or Mario. I love yeah. Mario. Yeah. I love Sonic. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. I used to play FIFA when I was a kid. Yep. Like. Sega CD and Super Shark. Well, I <laughs> thought that was pretty good. Um, okay, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, probably out of this group, I think Nick's played the most of it. Yeah, played I, it I played almost all the way to just shy of completion. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think my biggest problem with Assassin's Creed for the longest time, I, I was not a particularly huge fan of Odyssey. I love Cassandra. Don't get me wrong. I love Ancient Greece. I just it felt like. The series had become something that was focused less on stealth and assassination and more on the RPG progression slash leveling my character so that I can do enough damage to progress to this next part of the story. Whereas Mirage kind of brings things back to a more traditional early Assassin's Creed era, yeah. very evocative of something like Two or Brotherhood, where if you sneak up and assassinate somebody, you will kill them no matter what. And of course, the, when you botch it is when things start to get interesting. So yeah. uh, I just like the idea of this game going back to its stealth roots. And I feel like uh, Baghdad is such a wonderful, intimate setting that feels uh, unique and interesting and nicely like interconnected. Walking around the streets and moving around parkouring, it almost feels like a puzzle in of itself. And I just, I love being able to enter an Assassin's Creed game and knowing I could honestly 100% this game in probably... 20 30 hours yep. and i would be mm -hmm. getting everything i need out of it and, and i don't need to put 100 hours in leveling a character yeah i like i played a bit, a bit of it with you mm -hmm. for at least an hour so i played five percent of the game yeah. at least probably <laughs> uh and and i had a really good time it felt it did feel very very classic assassin's creed the promise all along from ubisoft is that this is you know it's not uh odyssey or valhalla the hundred or origins the hundred hour rpg it's more focused uh, classic style Assassin's Creed, and that's that. That's it. That's what it is. It's like a good version of that. Yeah, and it, and it feels like mm -hmm. one of those things where it, it is not. I don't think going to be you know how Assassin's Creed is from here on out. I do think that they are going to fall back into that uh, Odyssey, Valhalla things for the more uh, large Assassin's Creed games. But it's nice to have these sort of spin-off side stories that kind of evoke why I fell in love with the franchise in the first place. Yeah, it is a little bit strange that the whole reason they went with the RPG trilogy in the first place is that the older Assassin's Creed formula was starting to feel stale. Yeah. But then, like, it got a little too big for its britches yeah. with the RPG, so mm -hmm. then somehow going back to what was originally stale now feels refreshing. Yeah, and there's definitely causal split in the Assassin's Creed community. Like, I think there is a lot, like, I, I, I like to venture onto the Assassin's Creed subreddit, and there does seem to be this sentiment among people on a dedicated forum for Assassin's Creed that think that the series peaked in its like core inception with unity uh, a mm -hmm. game that focused more on mm -hmm. the parkour and the stealth mechanics and less on the sort of rpg uh, action route mm -hmm. mark uh, there's a lot of this is a crowded time right now a lot of games coming yeah. out. are you, you going to make time to play assassin's creed mirage 
Yeah, absolutely. The the main thing I did, so I, I've had the game for about a week, but and it's installed, it's ready to go. But I, I knew that I wouldn't have a ton of time this past week to play it. So what I find myself doing is I'll boot up a game, I'll play it for the first couple hours, <laughs> and then I'll never play it again. Because mm-hmm. now I've like seen the opening and and then it's like I don't play it for like a week and I don't remember where I was. Yeah. Um, so I've purposely just held off. It is the next game I'm going to play, except for that. I, I was in a meeting with my boss today, and she told me um, that Alan Wake 2 will be the next game I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, like, that's just mandated, I guess. I, I need to play this game. Uh, or, sorry, no, not Alan Wake 2. Alan Wake Remastered. I never played the original. So oh. mm. she was she was requiring that I play that before Alan Wake 2 comes out. Because um, I love Control so much. So, anyways, play long story Nightmare short. Too. <laughs> well, yeah, but you got long story short. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the game looks great, and I'm excited. I'm excited to like not know if I'm going to assassinate a guy and it just take off like a little section of his health bar, or if it's actually going to kill him. It's cool to know that it'll actually kill him. And I, yeah. I love the the Witcher like, um, you know, Origin Odyssey and, and Valhalla. I do love those games, but uh, they are very long. Too long, <laughs> especially especially Valhalla. That game yeah. is way too long. Sorry. So uh, I'm very excited to go back. You know, Black Flag and Syndicate and and two are some of my favorite of the series. So definitely excited to jump in. Just haven't what, yet. What did you think about Basim? Because I think you know, Assassin's Creed has had some you know beloved protagonists in the past, uh, but what I've read from a few different reviews is I don't think Basim will be particularly. I, I think he, I, I think he's very evocative of some, someone like Altair, where he's very much, he doesn't have too much of a personality. He is cool. Um, I think that's the thing that stands about about Basim. He's just uh, kind of a guy who, he he wants to make a name for himself, and he thinks he's destined for greater things, and that feels very. I guess typical in terms of your your video game protagonist. Um, I think Ezio is kind of a series high for me. It's just mm. kind of a, a mm-hmm. fully fleshed out character, which he has the luxury of having, you know, three games dedicated to his entire life. And, you know, I think Cassandra's voice actor brought, brought a lot to that performance in Odyssey. I think, honestly, the only peak Assassin's Creed character for me is probably um, our Origins, uh, Bayek. Bayek, for me, mm-hmm. is probably my favorite character in the series. Uh, Basim, yeah, didn't great. care much for him in Valhalla. I didn't think he was particularly interesting. But Mirage does a lot to kind of uh, win me over in terms of just making him more of a character. But he never quite re- reaches the highs of, like, Bayek. Let's try to name every mainline Assassin's Creed in order. So there's one. Assassin's Creed. Al- two, Altair. Two. But then... And it's then not it's three. Bro- it's Brotherhood. 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 Then, then Revelations. Revelations. And then, Revelations. And then three. Black, three. And then Black Flag. Three. No, but Black no. Flag. Not after oh, oh. after three. It's the um the what is it called? Rogue. The Assassin's no, Creed Rogue. No, Rogue. No. Rogue is no. after Black Flag. Yeah, Black um, Flag. Came three. Out. Three would be the like the handheld Vita one or whatever it was called. If Liberation. That. Liberations, Liberation. Yeah. Then Black Flag. Then Rogue. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Then Unity. Then Syndicate. Syndicate. No. Okay. Yeah. Then Origins. Origins. Odyssey. Valhalla. Now Mirage. Mirage. Okay. Where does uh, Assassin's we'd... Creed VR fit in there? <laughs> I was just doing the mainline ones. There's also the know, 2D man. ones. There is a 2D ones as yeah, well. Like... Yeah. They're chi- it's like China and not China. I forget what they're called. I think China I is what one those of them. Ones are. I think there are three. Maybe there's it is. In India. Yeah, I, I forget. There's there's so many of them. 
And then at the time, Rogue was the last gen. Was only for last gen. Yeah, it was an Xbox 360, PS3 game, if I recall correctly, and on PC. I think so. But people seem to like Rogue on the Assassin's Creed subreddit. So. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Rogue's great. I've never Um, played that one. That's the one that I've. It's like the only that and Syndicate. I've actually never played. Yeah, Unity Syndicate. That's where I bounced out. But then came back with Origin. (laughs) Unity's pretty cool. Controversial at launch, but I think revisiting it now. Beautiful game. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com slash gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Justin, you were saying earlier, um, you're probably not playing AC Mirage right now because you exclusively play Vampire Survivors clones. <laughs> Correct, yeah. Uh, I made a spreadsheet of 60 different Vampire Survivor clones, or garlic likes, as I prefer <laughs> to call them. Yeah. And, um, and Still I don't bought get their... it. Well, yeah, wait, have you know, not played Vampire the... Survivors? Oh, no, no, no. I under- I've played a lot of Vampire Survivors, and I get okay. that the garlic is a power in that game, so I don't understand. Well, it's like the best one. That, <laughs> it's, one of those things, it's one of those things that, like, look, as a genre label, it, so first of all, genres are all made up. 
Metroidvania, yep. not a thing. It's all made up. So why yeah. not garlic like? That's what I want to know. I just um, I want this to be the day that's known in like Wikipedia history where garlic like was first coined by Justin Davis. I, did, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I found it on the, in the Steam community. Um, oh, I don't no. think that that's like a common <laughs> phrase, but like you know, that's just anyway. The point is, I made a spreadsheet of sixty of them, and there was a big Steam sale, and I bought twenty of them. So these games are all fantastic. They all, I think what it is, Damon, is that this is a very sort of stressful time of year. Like it's a lot of really tight deadlines and a lot of really like we're doing a lot of like Black Friday planning and like other deep, like it's just, it's very intense. It's an intense time at IGN. And um, I need like the most turn your brain off, just like unwind, just dopamine hit like video game. And like, that's what all these games are. It's like, you just run around. There's no buttons. You just you just kill things. You get really strong. You unlock yeah. stuff. They all the best ones all have like 250 achievements. You're unlocking achievements constantly. It's great. Mm. Yeah, I I just learned recently that the developer of Vampire Survivors before that was making like casino games mm-hmm. and like so that's yeah. where the whole like the dopamine yeah hits. that's they they un, yeah. they understand. Uh, so in the in the Hall of Fame so far, Damon is um is a game called Brotato mm-hmm. where. Uh, where and then Halls of Torment is also the really mm. good one. Um, Halls of Torment looks like uh, it looks like Vampire Survivors and Diablo like had a baby. Um, Diablo one like old school Diablo, oh, nice. mm. and so really kind of like gothic and like isometric graphics fighting these waves of skeletons. I looked on Steam before we started recording, and apparently. <laughs> Over the last, the Steam gives you play stats for the last 14 days, the last two weeks. Yeah. I have played 28 hours of these video <laughs> games over the last 14 days. So I don't quite know what to make of that. That's I mean, a that's lot two of hours, hours a day. Two hours a day of I, Vampire Survivors. Clones. I guess. So, you know, so Bone Razor Minions, 20 Minutes Till Dawn, Soulstone Survivors. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, there's a good one. There's a good one I played called, um, oh, yeah, there we go. There this we go. Brotato? That's Brotato. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was one called um, God of Weapons, where so all these games are exactly like Vampire Survivors, usually same, shamelessly so, but they have like one little twist, right? Like mm-hmm. one thing that they like mm-hmm. add to the discussion. And God of Weapons has a thing where um, you get stronger, you have a trunk of weapons, and then you have to buy new weapons and slot them in like Tetris style. Oh, that's cool. And when you level up, you get like new trunk space, and it's like, oh, now I can fit this like magic staff in here, and now I can fit this sword in here, this dagger in here. And you keep buying more and more and more weapons, and then your character gets stronger as you go. Cool. This is it. Do any of them surpass Vampire Survivors to you? Um... I, 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 the ones that are in the very top tier for me are Halls of Torment mm-hmm. and Brotato. Those okay. I think are the best two so far. But I'll 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 keep you posted next week. Okay. <laughs> well, your um, uh, your your spreadsheet here is very useful. You got links to the Steam store. You have the sentiment, the the Steam user sentiment for each game. So you can see which <laughs> of these are overwhelmingly positive. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. price, and then you have a notes segment. So some of these you've noted that they actually predate Vampire Survivors. And I like the notes right. for the game. The game Renfield is yes, based on the movie. <laughs> yeah, they made oh. they made a they made a Renfield that's got pixel art. It's really really. It's like they went so much harder on the Renfield tie-in game than they had to. Like it's actually a really competent, well done vampire, a garlic like. So that's what I was gonna ask. Va- so Vampire Survivors isn't the first one of the of the garlic genre. Well, I'm glad you asked, Mike, because <laughs> it's one of those things. It's sort of like. 
like what's the very first first person shooter it's like some people casuals mm. might say doom and then a more hardcore learned person would probably say no it's wolfenstein 3d mm-hmm. but as with all things like you can go back further in time of um you know like there were like atari games that were like wireframe first person games and it's like mm-hmm. but they're not really first person shooters as you yeah. think about them today and so mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, you can go all the way back to, like, Robotron and Smash TV. Yeah. Like, there's been yeah. top-down arena shooting thing games forever. But, like, Vampire Survivors has a certain je ne sais quoi of, like, you know, <laughs> you can't actually aim your shots. And, like, yeah. it's just more about just the chaos of getting more and more powerful mm-hmm. and the ridiculousness of it. Like, it has a feeling that, like, yeah, there's been games like this before, but it kind of, like, it exists one or two lanes over from those games, if that makes sense. Got it's it. kind of carved out its own path. It, it almost Wait. feels evocative of, like, the Flash <clears throat> game era to me when I first played Vampire Survivors of, mm-hmm. and weird comparison, but bear with me, Cookie Clicker, the idea that you mm-hmm. are expanding mm-hmm. stuff passively and you are basically, you're not playing much, you're just making decisions no. as far as how you are upgrading mm-hmm. your character. Mm-hmm. And once you get to a certain point in stuff like, in Garlic Likes... You can kind of just yeah. stop playing, and because you've made mm-hmm. all the correct choices, and that's that's what it always reminded me of. It, it's mm-hmm. almost like an opposite of tower defense games, right? Like you are you, yeah, you instead the... of building towers that enemies are walking through, you are the tower. <laughs> another but like, another you're popular, not, but so you're not there, controlling what that tower does, you know? Because you just have thousands and thousands of bullets and projectiles shooting out of you. Like another name for this genre is bullet heaven instead of bullet hell. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, like, yeah, because it, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. You're not dodging yeah. them. You're making them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, anyway, I am addicted. Um, you can catch me on Steam every night. Damon, <laughs> I think I, if, I were to, if I were to evolve that spreadsheet, I think I would add there's some nuance of, like, does your character shoot automatically? Mm. And does your oh, character... Oh, they don't do in all to, of these? Not in all of them, no. Got it. And, and in some of them, you have to aim. So in some of them, it really is like a twin stick game of like, mm-hmm. are you aiming your shots or is your character just firing at the closest thing like they do in Vampire mm-hmm. Survivors? Mm-hmm. So like, um, I don't know, like 20 Minutes Till Dawn, for example, it's questionable whether it's truly a garlic-like because it's an arena shooter where you have waves of stuff coming at you and you get more powerful and it's got a billion achievements. Like it has all that stuff, except um, your character doesn't fire automatically and it's a twin stick shooter. You aim your shots. So, you know, does it count? I don't know. GameScoop listeners, you be the judge. <laughs> Some of these titles that stick out to me, I haven't played any of these games, but Time Wasters, it's pretty mm-hmm. good. Right <laughs> the That's great. There's one called Goobies. Love it. Oh, yeah, Goobies is really cool. Heretic's Fork. <laughs> yeah. There's some good, there's some good, good names in here, at least. Um, um, another one I think you would like, Damon. Sorry, I know we can move on, but there's one called Gunlocked that is a little bit... So it's a shmup. It's a vertically scrolling shmup, but feels more like a garlic-like, feels more like a vampire survivors of just Mm -hmm. the ridiculousness of it and the overpowered nature of it. So it like mixes that sort of pixel art shmup gameplay with, you know, this style of gameplay. So that one's really cool too. There's one called Rice or Repetitive Indie Combat Experience. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Justin, have you only picked games that have at least a positive sentiment? Yeah, yes. There's other games that are just like not considered as good. Yeah. Got it. Right, there's some with mixed reviews that I left off the sheet. Gotcha. Okay, let's move on. Is anybody else watching Castlevania Nocturne? I started yeah, it. it's great. Yep, it's, it is nope. also great. <laughs> just like the original Castlevania series was like, 
How is this so good? Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was in disbelief the entire time watching that, and this is also really, really good. I love me some yeah. Richter. I do, Belmont. I do miss. Yeah, I miss Trevor. Like yeah. I think he was. But I also just like so Richter. Well. I think Richter is really cool too. I think Trevor yeah. has that kind of snarky personality that made him immediately more endearing, whereas Richter has kind of like little kid energy to me, where he's like, yeah. no, please take care of my son. He, he's all right. He's growing up, and he, he needs all the protecting. Uh, I, no, I really like the animation. I think they did a lot to expand the original uh, TurboGrafx-16 game. Yeah. Uh, they did some very clever, interesting things, and yeah, it's a good time. It's good. Justin, you're watching it? Or you are. You uh, yes, it. I think I'm halfway through. Um, no, I, I don't. I don't like it as much as the last Castlevania show, but I still think this is great. Like mm-hmm. it's so well done. Like they've established a baseline. Like I think that Castlevania was like a nine out of ten, ten out of ten. Like it was fantastic. Some yeah. of the best like animated stuff. One of the best video game adaptations of all time. And I think that this is great, but I think it's more of like it is like an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, it feels like. Like, I think I've watched five of the episodes, and I can't really recall anything specific that's happening. <laughs> like, I kind of just, mm. I kind of just watch it, and then, and then, you know, and then it's out of my brain afterwards. Like, it, mm. it doesn't have that stick with me factor, but mm. it's still like, it's still good watching. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. Yeah, so far it hasn't really won me over the way that. Um, I think even season one, uh, ending season one at the crypt battle between Trevor and um, Alucard was like, like, oh, I'm in. You like, you hooked me, and now I'm here forever. Yeah. This hasn't mm-hmm. quite had that moment for me, but I don't know. We're starting to get into the uh, Symphony of the Night territory, and you know, potentially down the line, uh, Dawn of Sorrow uh, territory. So who knows if Soma might pop up? Uh, and this kind of comes in line with. Uh, the Adi Shankar like universe. I'm not sure what kind of involvement he has in this particular Castlevania. Yeah, his name doesn't like come up as one of the like creators or writers or mm. anything at the beginning. It feels like he's kind mm. of made way for like the Devil May Cry adaptation yeah. that we just saw get confirmed. So it seems like I don't know. It, it I'm I'm excited to see video games that have very little in way of story get extrapolated and turned into something yeah. a little more meaningful. Yeah, exactly. Mark, are you watching it? Did you say? No, I I don't watch a lot of animes. The only mm-hmm. one I watched like in recent memory was Edge Runners. I don't I don't watch yeah. a lot of. I love Castlevania, but I yeah I I just don't watch a lot of anime. Well, it's it's very very good. Just like the maybe not quite as good as the first Castlevania series, but I'm still very impressed. It's just like great characters, great writing, uh, good animation. Not the most amazing animation I've ever seen, but very very good. Mm-hmm. Lots of cool monster fights and cool vampires. Uh, it's I love it. It's really, really working for me. Um, but I mean, it is or, like. Go ahead. I, I, sorry, just I, you, my impressions were not. I mean, they weren't mixed. I said it was great, but like, mm. you know, it, it's 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 important to keep in mind how bad the show could have been. Yes. Right. We're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah like, like, you know, it's like there's no guarantee that they had to go this hard or make it this cool, yeah. you know, and like produce a show this competently well made, mm-hmm. like. For like you know what's frankly and i love castlevania games but like they're kind of cheesy right like so the fact that it turned out great is just you know it's awesome like just though i'll watch them as long as they keep making them yeah as long as they're around this level of quality for sure give me that bloody tears moment once per season that we got in like season two of the previous series yeah. and hey i'll watch this forever yeah it's really good <laughs> But Mark uh, mentioned Edge Runners, uh, which is also yeah. man, 
I loved Edge Runner so much. Mm-hmm. But now apparently we're going to get something live action, live action cyberpunk. Uh, this was just announced today, well, this Thursday of this week when we're recording this. It's going to be a collaboration between CD Projekt and Anonymous Content, which is the production company behind True Detective and Mr. Robot, as well as movies like The Revenant. Great. Spotlight. Oh. <laughs> and then um, one of the, um, I guess, the chief creative officer that's working on this at, at Anonymous, David Levine, he was co-head of drama at HBO for over 10 years, and he oversaw production of True Detective, Westworld, and True Blood, and he was involved in the production of the early seasons of Game of Thrones. So the good ones, the good seasons. So. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I mean, yeah, this sounds like it'll be like a live-action series of cyberpunk, which could be very cool. Yeah. If yeah. they treat it with the same level of care that they're doing, that they did Edge Runners and that uh, Konami and Netflix are doing with Castlevania. I, I think, you know... Well, I mean... Oh, go ahead, Justin. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it makes me wonder, like, so Cyberpunk, like, this is a tabletop role-playing game, right? That, like, CD Projekt licensed, like, it's not Mm -hmm. their thing. And so, is it, is it, you know, is it based off that tabletop game? Or, like, CD Projekt announced it. CD Projekt announced it. It seems like not, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's based off more, like, their vision and their Mm -hmm. interpretation of the source material. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit fuzzy about the particulars, but CD Projekt obviously licensed Cyberpunk 2020. Um, they've since then kind of made their own iteration of the tabletop game. I believe it's called Cyberpunk Red, which is just a more modernized version of the previous Cyberpunk 2020. Cyberpunk 2020, I have that original uh, rule set book, source book. It is complicated to say (laughs) say the least, but it's intended Mm. to be something very streamlined and cinematic. So Cyberpunk... This as a series, not not a genre per se, has always been designed to be cinematic from the get-go, the play style and everything about the source book. It's just literally you have a stat called cool and it's about how cool Mm -hmm. you can look doing things. So like I think this is an exciting opportunity because I think one, uh, we are kind of living in a heyday of cyberpunk as a genre. You know, we got so many years ago, Blade Runner 2049 and... Mm -hmm. Uh, now we have Cyberpunk 2077, which I was initially not too keen on, but then Edge Runners is a piece of side content that was so well received by myself personally and critically that it actually drove me to retroactively like Cyberpunk 2077 even more. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I think Cyberpunk 2077 has a good track record of side stories that really drive interest towards the franchise as a whole. So I'm very excited to see what they have in store because Cyberpunk is quite the canvas to give somebody. And Mm -hmm. as we all know, Night City is gigantic and there's a lot of stories to tell. We also, um, we increasingly live in a cyberpunk dystopia in real life. So all the more reason to just see it up on the, on the big screen. That is correct. And I, but sadly, I don't have any mantis blades to, to come out of my forearms yet. Not yet. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) I I just think Phantom Liberty kind of showed that it's like the, the, we said it in our review. The big thing about Phantom Liberty is that cyberpunk's like base story was very much like, look hit all the sex toys and prostitution and like the kind of like dirtier side of the more silly side of cyberpunk where phantom liberty was like okay now we're gonna tell this like way more grounded story set in this universe and i just i really really want more of that something that's not i don't know how many people watched it but like altered carbon was really cool and that's like a live action i was gonna mention that cyberpunk yeah Yeah, it's great the closest thing so far yeah, because seen. it's like you get those like big zoom out shots and it's like uh, that show takes place in San Francisco, but it's like 
that could just be Night City. They have this, they built in the sky where all the rich people live, and it very much. I'd, I'd love to see like more live action. I, I, it's my hope that it is more tied with the game than the tabletop because that that's kind of where The Witcher I think sometimes loses people is that it's like this is not The Witcher three or two books. or one. This is based on the books. And if people want to watch cyberpunk stuff, I think Edge Runners is so popular because it's so set in the universe. It's got all the same music. It's got mm-hmm. like some it's recurring characters, too, like... and yeah, exactly. The phone rings, and you recognize that sound because it's the same as the game. And so it's like if they want to just just keep making money, then I would <laughs> say stick to what people know, which is which is setting it in the video game universe. It, it, and I think, like, you know, the thing that stands out about Edge Runners is it has a very clear vision of the story it's trying to tell. There's character arcs, there's, you know, a, a whole line of events. It is not a story that is set. It, it, is, it is very much like a dedicated story that it also happens to take place in Night City, as opposed to having Night City be doing the heavy lifting for the story. So Mm -hmm. the fact that they have Mm -hmm. someone from a, like an accomplished production company kind of stepping in to express interest in this has me excited because I love me some true detective. I love me all of the things that you, I love me some Mr. Robot. So this feels in line with some of that Mm -hmm. stuff that, that uh, hopefully we can see some characters that, again, I haven't played through Phantom Liberty yet. I I started a new Mm -hmm. character with 2.0, so I'm slowly working my way up there. But I hope we get to see characters like uh, Morgan Blackhand and stuff like that in this uh, this new live-action adaptation because he's one of the characters that feels like was missing from Cyberpunk 2077. Mm -hmm. And since I haven't finished Phantom Liberty or started it yet, don't tell me if that's like, oh, Nick has no idea what he's in store for, but I can only hope conspicuously absent from 2077 you might say he's like he's the ringleader of like the whole yeah like that's what i like i i'm not deep into the lore but like i read a little bit of cyberpunk lore because i got so obsessed with the game and like morgan blackhand is like the instigator and ringleader of like the entire group that like johnny was a part of and that um Mm. shit what's her name the the fixer from the bar is a part of and like just isn't in the game at all like was like again almost conspicuously so like clearly held back for you know if not a sequel but something else Mm. right and it's it's just that was something really interesting that that uh just as i dug dug into the lore and if if i may real quick just to make one recommendation because it's just who i am as a person (laughs) there's an old hat for people who know you know sci-fi fiction and all that stuff but i i would be remiss to not mention if you want more good cyberpunk fiction I highly, highly, highly recommend reading William Gibson's Sprawl Trilogy. I know everybody's probably heard about that, but on the off chance you've never heard of it, please check out Neuromancer, Mona Lisa Overdrive, and Count Zero. Three, uh, basically William Gibson essentially invented the word cyberpunk, and you know, Neuromancer, Mona Lisa Over- Overdrive, and Count Zero all take place in and around Night City. Different Night City than the one that we see here, but <laughs> very much wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Mike Pond Smith's okay, inspiration gotcha. for Cyberpunk 2020. Gotcha. Nick, cool. you nerd. <laughs> They're really good books, man. <laughs> Mark, I mean, I Mark think, have you I finished Phantom Liberty? Coined the... uh, no, because I got sucked into work stuff, and yeah. that took a lot of my, you know, this job very easily takes a 
you can only focus on one thing <laughs> and and uh that's just kind of how it's been um I'm, I'm like right at the end but i i'm i'm kind of the same where it's like i you you're in Dogtown, but then there's so many things that pull you back out and so it's like i all of a sudden found myself playing just the main story again <laughs> and i'm like why why are you doing you gotta finish phantom liberty um it's one of those i don't want it to end though it's so good that yeah. uh I, i'd be i'm sad to to, to say goodbye to it so right now it still exists as an unfinished game and i'm just gonna keep it that way for a little bit longer <laughs> yeah. i've got it ready to go I, I i'm definitely gonna play it as soon as i can but the uh the the good news the the success story that is cyberpunk 2077 continues they also announced today that uh cyber it's, it's surpassed 25 million units sold and it's outpacing the witcher 3 it's wow. so it's like it reached that wow. point twice as fast as the witcher 3 did um about two years is, and ten um, months where it took The Witcher 3 four and a half years to sell 25 million units. They didn't mention if, any, if they counted the refunds that were given out. But <laughs> don't need to delve into that too much. Yikes. Yeah, it's so good now. I saw they put out an article mm-hmm. where they're like, they don't, they don't regret that Cyberpunk 2077 is first person, but they haven't made a choice as to whether or not Cyberpunk 2 will be first person or not. Just make it first person again. I think I that's agree. what makes oh, it man, so good. I'm, I'm so anxious that they might like there's just the blowback from that decision is um I think that was absolutely the right creative call. Yeah, yeah I, I I hope I they love stick with being it. able to see my character and ri- and so I specifically ride a motorcycle every as my like sole vehicle that because those are the moments you actually get to see your character. Uh but other than that, no, I love I love what they do you know up close and personal being in first person you're not watching a cinematic and yet you are because that's just like how well acted those scenes are and uh i i definitely think it'd be the right call to just keep it first person. keep it first person you agree yeah. nick oh a hundred percent i I mean, I'm not trying to be like a snob or anything, but whenever people like are up in arms about like Cyberpunk should have been in third person, I was like, the game was designed for first person. Why are you wanting it to be something else? Like, it is very clearly designed around like being able to have these intimate interactions with not only character moment to moment stuff, but even when you like equip a weapon for a first time, you get these beautiful, like very just over the top, ambitious animations that are. Honestly, the, the kind of things that are like the superficial sides of cyberpunk that I do hope to see in things like this. Mm. It's, uh, like, and, it's like they pull it out and like cock yeah. it and all that stuff the first time you, you get it. And it, it it's a lot of bespoke so cool. animation be... and just, I, I don't know, it feels a little more like, I, I, you know, extrapolating kind of like this more meaningful experience out of it. It feels like you are kind of modifying yourself and, you know, there is some sort of connection between you and your V when you are in first person. And they have test footage of what cyberpunk used to be like in third person mm-hmm. and it don't look that great i think this looks pretty darn well, good and in the first whole thing person. is johnny is supposed to be talking to you from inside a chip in your head and the best yeah. way to experience that is in first person <laughs> yeah and just the whole storyline i i guess the main w- without delving into spoilers just the whole main storyline of cyberpunk 2077 is about identity and what our relationship is with the 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 body and the soul and things Mm -hmm. like that so it feels i don't know it feels like a a natural uh thing to do is set this Mm -hmm. in first person so yeah i think they got to keep it in first person yeah cd project shared all sorts of information phantom liberty sold three million copies in its first week Wow. And even, they even gave a breakdown. 68% of those copies were sold on PC, 20% were on PlayStation 5, and 13% were on Xbox Series X and S. Wow. So the vast majority are playing on PC, and I wonder if that's because yep. Xbox players are playing Starfield, 
and PS5 players have Baldur's Gate 3. Hmm. And I, I've just always like that. felt that this game just feels so much better on PC. I'm, yeah. I'm a PlayStation guy for the most part, but like Cyberpunk's on PC. That's just that's just how I'm used to playing that game. So like it was no doubt in my mind that Phantom Liberty comes around and it's PC only. <laughs> I think that like there was some blowback for IGN giving the game a nine when it was so broken at launch, but it was not broken at launch on PC. Like it was it a gorgeous, like yeah, it still needed to be patched and had bugs and stuff, but it was yeah. a beautiful. You know, it was the same game on PC that console players had to wait a year or more. Like the console version did get there, yeah. but I mm-hmm. think it kind of like missed the boat for PlayStation and Xbox to some degree because it took you know over a year to, for the game to be patched up and in a healthy state on the on the next gen now current gen consoles. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yep, CD Projekt Red 2 is just my kind of knee-jerk response to them as a company. They, they feel very much uh, centering themselves as like a PC-first kind of company. Mm-hmm. Like they, they seem to pay homage and uh, great respect to PC as a platform, as something that they, you know, uh, really the legacy of a PC. I, I guess they, yeah. they treat it that way, and they kind of run their uh, good old games GOG that way, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I own Cyberpunk 2077 because... Sure. Just feels right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think we're ready to say at this point, Cyberpunk 2077 greatest comeback story in all of gaming. I think it's up there with Final uh, Fantasy 14. I was gonna, I, that's not what I was going to name drop too. Uh, I think it's up uh, there with Final Fantasy 14. But I think the thing that's interesting to yeah. me about Cyberpunk is that its renaissance came about. I I would argue with Edge Runners, a spin-off property that I think did much to strengthen the original IP. Mm. Whereas I think. Final Fantasy is kind of a more interesting story because they literally nuke the game, uh, both yep. figuratively and yeah. like outside the game and internally. So like I think that's kind of fascinating. But yeah, no, I mean hats off to CG Pro- CD Projekt Red for kind of owning a lot of their mistakes and uh, double backing and uh, making Cyberpunk 2.0 because that's still what I've only played so far. And honestly, I'd be kind of be I'd be willing to make an argument that. There is a world for me personally where Cyberpunk 2077 is my game of the year for 2023, hmm. uh, just by virtue of 2.0 alone. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm just going to throw out there No Man's Sky. Really, really, really good comeback story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I agree with all there. the I agree with all the selections so far. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a whole feature here. Top 10 comeback stories in gaming. I don't know if yeah. there's a whole, a whole <laughs> Is there 10, 10 of them? We, least, we got three of them. We, go, we got the top three. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully everyone out there in Scoop Nation knows we have a Facebook group for this show uh, if you just search IGN Game Scoop on Facebook uh, join the group if you haven't uh, the people are always in there just having fun discussions about games and there was an interesting question I saw today from David Chardo who said he was wondering, when did we stop using the term expansion pack and start with DLC? Bring back the pack, he says. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, uh, it was uh, the Xbox 360, right? Well, With Xbox Live Arcade, I, that's when DLC became a thing. Yeah. Downloadable I, I content. Officially, yeah. Well, I feel like even though the, the like Oblivion always stands out to me in the 360, there was downloadable content. And then there was expansions, mm. um, nights. What is it? Not nights of the round. Uh, whatever. They're, they had smaller DLC excursions mm. in Oblivion. There was obviously the infamous horse armor. But then there were smaller things like a brand new mansion and whatnot. But then they made it very clear that Shivering Isles was an expansion. 
mm-hmm. that you downloaded, yeah. but they called it an expansion. And again, uh, that was 2007, 2006, right. So it's been a minute. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, that always stood out to me as the last time there felt like there was that distinction. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think it's kind of like... A, when I think expansion, I think like expanding the world, right? So it's like I'm an old World of Warcraft player. So every expansion is you're going to a new region, right? Mm. Um, oh, Mariah, I don't like when the camera's all on me. It makes me <laughs> feel so self-conscious. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm so mean. Um, so when I think of like Phantom Liberty, that's an expansion to me because it gives you a whole new – it has expanded Night City, right? Where when mm-hmm. I think of like – Spider-Man 2018, the Black Cat stuff, that didn't expand the world at all. It's just a new story. So to me, like that's downloadable content. That's <laughs> that's content that's downloadable that's just adding to the world you already love. It's not really expanding it. It's just expanding the story a little bit. Yeah, and most sucks. of the time, not even, right? Because like, it's a completely side story. And yeah, it's, I think it's about size. When I think of Witcher 3, like Blood and Wine is an expansion. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, Yeah, you know, I I mean, but what's funny is, is we're getting expansions now, but they're just releasing as full games. Right. So like Lost Legacy, Uncharted Lost Legacy, that's that's absolutely an Uncharted 4 expansion. Uh, But it's just it's its own game now. Um, I mean, Mirage is another one. It was going to be an expansion for Valhalla. Supposed to be an expansion for Valhalla. Now it's its own game. Spider-Man Miles Morales is just its own game. those are expansions that it's like, yo, these these took so long to make that we're just gonna sell it as a standalone <laughs> game. Where we Phantom do still... Liberty doesn't really like fit in that because like they needed it to make the world bigger. It, c- it couldn't just be on its own. There's you touched on something important, Mark, which is that they're still called expansions in the context of MMOs, right? Like like Whoa, World of, of Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not they're not expansion packs anymore. They're right. just expansions. Right. It's like. Yeah. Um, it's like, look, d- drop the the. Just call it Facebook. <laughs> Someone at some point was like, it's cleaner. You don't need the word, don't need the word pack there. Just call it an expansion. It's cleaner. Yeah. Well, the term expansion yeah. pack came from PC gaming in probably the 90s when they actually still had like retail boxes. Because you would actually have to go buy a new pack. Yes. Right? To, and they they used that. to be, I mean, I was a kid <clears throat> playing Warcraft 2 or whatever it was, and like you could buy like a pack. So, like, right next to, like, the official Warcraft 2 expansion, which was Tides of Darkness, there would be some totally unauthorized third-party thing that's, like, you know, 500 new maps for Warcraft 2. Buy it now. And I'm like, how do they get away with this? Like, oh, that's so and, funny. And as a kid, like, I didn't know. Like, I bought many of those packs because it was, it was you know, again, it wasn't that indistinguishable. But as a youth, like, I, di- I didn't know the difference between what was official official expansions and what was unofficial expansions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what was the little red pack that you could put in your nintendo 64 to play like donkey kong the, the or like expansion pack. <laughs> was it called the expansion yeah. pack <laughs> you needed it to play donkey kong 64 and majora's mask perfect dark and well, just, and, and you could then. play perfect back dark then. but it was like <laughs> way worse like the frame rate was lower and stuff and i like actually made it better so so basically expansion pack means nothing <laughs> 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 the Justin, PC players did it first. Justin, yeah, well, they did it. In your one-up shot there, I was just noticing you're you're wearing a nice hoodie today. Oh yeah, thank you, Dan. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I am wearing one of the Starfield hoodies from the IGN store, and what I like about it is that it's got an embroidered patch on it that I'm oh, quite yeah. fond of. Cool. It's very very cozy and comfy, and um, we do they are selling out fast. Uh, we've already sold 
well, I guess maybe I shouldn't say shell sell share sales data. But um, anyway, you can get your own Starfield hoodie at store.ign.com, Damon. Act now. They're going fast. Seamless plug. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. it we need, we need the, the... It's, it's, the not, it's not shameless. <laughs> I said the, seamless. The Sarah Morgan, <laughs> the Sarah Morgan-like jacket. I would, I yeah. would buy that. I'm wearing a bomber jacket right now. Like I would buy that in a heartbeat. It's funny you should ask. Um, check back I again. I wasn't asking. In like, in, oh, oh. Um, oh, look at this B-roll. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, the Sarah Morgan jacket, it turns out that if you call someone up and say, yes, I would like to make a leather jacket, please, and make 200 of them and sell them professionally, that they say, okay, check back in nine months. So, um, oh. wow. Uh, you know, and, and I don't, I actually don't have anything to announce, but like, <laughs> you know, the, the IGN store, like it, it's on our mind, right? Like yeah. there's all these good logos for Eugen Industries and other stuff and other products. And I think that, you know, even though my opinion of the Starfield video game was kind of mixed, I thought the game was so, so strong from like just a branding and like mm-hmm. color palette standpoint and like just the constellation logo and how your sort of personal logo changed as you leveled up in the game and all the little emblems for the icons. Like it's like literally like my favorite part of the game. I think it's so well done. And so, um, yeah, I like, I like the city. Is this just Mariah just clicking yeah. around a website as beer? Yeah. That's yeah. why she's the best. That's great. On the fly B roll. That's why Mariah is so, the best. It looks so planned. <laughs> like, like the, he, the, the second slow, he said logo, it just went. <laughs> like, it's the, so good. The slow mouse pan. Like, <laughs> mm, yes. That's great. Um, I was trying to find like the earliest instances of people saying DLC or downloadable content, and I, I fell down one of those rabbit holes. Uh, on, mm-hmm. on Wikipedia and other and IGN too. So, I think in the I think it was Oblivion that popularized the term microtransactions and probably shortening yeah. downloadable content yeah. to DLC. DLC. But they were u- we were using that term before then. So, first of all, I found a 2002 GamesIndustry.biz article. Sony confirms Whoa. PS2 online plans, and this is just about how they're going to release the modem for the PS2. In this article, there's no mention of downloadable content or anything like that, but it was like so common in the next three football games that were going to be compatible with the device. But when I, the rabbit hole I was talking about, there's these comments in here, these quotes from Kazurai, who was the president of SCEA, which mm-hmm. was Sony Computer Entertainment America at the time. And he said, our company studied the U.S. market for three years. Remember, this is 2002. We feel confident that it's finally ripe to introduce consumers to online console gaming. We will be the first to do it successfully. He said, and oh, no. Dreamcast had done it already. 2002, too early for uh, Halo 2 yet, but Halo 1 was out. Um, and then GamesIndustry.biz writes, the confident announcement is in keeping with Sony's tone of late. Earlier this week, uh, Ken Kutaragi, SCEI president, told the Wall Street Journal that he is unconcerned by competition from Microsoft, saying that if they cut the price to half, I don't care. No. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. And then a 2004 IGN article from Hillary Goldstein was writing about the Ninja Gaiden Hurricane Pack Volume 1. So yeah. downloadable pack for Ninja Gaiden on Xbox. And he said, it looks to redefine the idea of downloadable content, and it's all free. Hmm. So at least in 2004, people were saying downloadable content to describe downloading extra stuff for your games. 
Do you guys play a lot of like DLCs? I actually don't find myself playing a ton, and I, I wasn't sure. You know, I mean, you're, you're saying we talked no, about like, this on the show last week, Mark. Oh, my bad. But like, yeah, like I'll, I'll admit, I love something like Spider-Man 2018. I love that game. I never went back and really played the Black Cat. So I think I played it for like an hour, and I was like, eh. Like I don't know. There's something up. There's something up with it. I, I think uh, it's very yeah, much. I th- love. I, I think our, our profession and just kind of what we do and how we experience games. It kind of is hard to experience new content for an old game, especially bite-sized morsels, a la Spider-Man 2018. Unless you experience it for the first time with a game of the year edition type thing, where it's just mm-hmm. already seamlessly integrated that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I kind of agree. I think this Phantom Liberty is kind of an outlier for me, where I'm yeah, yeah, revisiting I, a game. I was gonna as a say like. Of, <laughs> I understand that I just praised how much I'm loving Phantom Liberty, but like that, I, I feel like that's just a little. Hey, I had it yourself. I, I think, I think the like, la- I think the I, last <laughs> time was probably like Mass Effect 3's like um uh director's cut ending, where I was like, I gotta check this out. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, my rabbit hole continued. I saw an old article on IGN from 2006 talking about I had never heard of this before. Apparently, at one point, Sony announced Gran Turismo for boys. <laughs> Wow. Do you remember this? Wow. <laughs> they announced uh, it was aimed at kids, and it was called Gran Turismo for Boys. So, <laughs> is, that. That, is that an acronym? Or is it <laughs> so, what like a spec, a spec, but boys this time? So this is IGN in 2006. One of the most assured pieces of gaming vaporware may see release after all. Famitsu, reporting from the Tokyo Game Show, got confirmation from Gran Turismo series producer Kazunori Yamauchi that development on Gran Turismo 4 Boys is still underway. We haven't heard anything about this PS2 kids-oriented Gran Turismo since Yamauchi announced it over a year ago at a Gran Turismo 4 party, causing concern that Yamauchi had been drunk at the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Kaz, I'm a little girl. Can I play this game? No. No. It's not. It's for boys. Literally. You got to stick to Gran Turismo A spec, bucko. Gran Turismo for boys. And then... There's so much wrong. This is the final little branch down my rabbit hole. Justin, I think you'll like this. I found a Wired article from 2009 with the headline, Mm -hmm. Apple allows in-app purchases in free iPhone apps. What? Well, I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I can't believe it's like, it hasn't been that long. But like, that's it. That's what changed what mobile gaming, what the the market is. And it's just casually, iPhone owners can now purchase extra content through free iPhone apps, whereas before, in-app purchasing was only available in apps that cost money. I mean, Steve Jobs announced that the iPhone 3G would have an app store, and then smash cut to 12 years later, and, like, airports are built completely differently now because of of ride-sharing apps. Like, it just, the entire world, (laughs) like... You know, entire industries and startups and billions of dollars in capital and reshaping every industry known to man, including video games, yeah. all thanks and, to the App Store. And that mm-hmm. is some cyberpunk uh, fiction right there. <laughs> that is that is cyberpunk nonfiction. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Just allowing free apps to offer in-app purchases completely changed what mobile gaming is. Yeah, and then you know they've been they've been clawing back like you know they have to disclose what the in-app purchases now. If you didn't know this, by the way, the iOS App Store there's a little drawer menu that you can expand to see what in-app purchases are in a video game, and it's always something I check if I'm going to download like a free-to-play video game. Yeah. Like if it has an in-app purchase that's like 
use this app ad free. I'm like, oh, okay. But if it's got an in-app purchase, that's like buy a thousand gems or 5,000 gems or 10,000 gems. I'm like, I, I GTFO. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just talked about that with, uh, you know, Nick, I don't remember if it was on the show or if it was before, uh, a few weeks ago where we talked about the, the new final fantasy game and the like doom game where it's like, they're free. But then, like, between every level, it's like, do you want to keep playing? And Mm -hmm. there's just, like, exclamation marks everywhere because everything needs your attention and they all want your money. Do you want Cloud's exclusive swimsuit for the summer event? Well, (laughs) I I hope you're feeling lucky, punk. Or you got a billion hours to grind. It's like, oh, man, guys, come on. You want to know? I I was playing a mobile game the other day, Damon, that like this is a new I'd never seen something this bad before. It was like it's like a city building game of like, you know, whatever, like you're building shops and building houses and stuff in the middle of the game. Like I'm just dragging a building over. There was no like level up. There was no nothing like just an ad played. Wow. And an ad just started playing in like the middle of me playing this game like what the fuck like i couldn't and then like i don't know i guess they got to get paid like they're trying to make their money but like i closed it and deleted it yeah like not nah, i'm good because they, they always do that fake out x where they're like here's an x and you <laughs> oh do God. it and that just takes you to the store <laughs> you're like oh uh, that wasn't the real one <laughs> yeah for the parents uh that tune into the show apple arcade has been awesome mm-hmm. for my kid yep because like not yep. apple arcade is a good value anyway five dollars a month and there's legit good games in there but there are no ads at all so like i can give him you know all of these games i know he's never going to encounter an app while he plays angry birds or, or it's a big fantasy no ads fan, right? no in-app purchases <laughs> Um, we, um, there's a Crayola you know, crayon game that's actually really really cool that he spends a lot of time with. Yeah, it's good. The, the girls love that one too. Um, I don't know, like my girls only watch like Netflix and Disney Plus and like apps like that. And so whenever like we're watching live sports or watching watching television that has advertisements, they just they just lose their minds. Yeah, they just go. Uh, uh, gonna, like Dad, can't yeah. you skip it? I'm like, no. Like this is just I mean, happening. Yeah. This is what live uh, TV is. To be fair, that is an appropriate response to advertisements. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also shell out for uh, YouTube Premium. I think it's totally worth it to just it's never, terrible. ever see an ad on YouTube, ever. So, yeah, my kids are not going to have any tolerance for ads when they encounter uh, that. There, there's, it's the number one wo- most awkward moment in anybody's life <laughs> is when you want to show somebody a YouTube video <laughs> yeah, and you're man. like, hold on, i got to no, wait Mark, the 14 you got, seconds. <laughs> you got to do what I do, which is I just I always lean over to them and I say, this isn't, this isn't the video. This is just <laughs> That's no, that doesn't help. Yeah, it does help. This isn't this isn't actually like yeah. you know the dog at you know being bathed at the dog groomers. Like this is just an advertisement. So just wait. All right, that brings us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Reggie B in New Jersey. Let the question mm. begin. Uh, did this game come out in the 70s, 80s, or 90s? Yes. Sweet. Uh-oh. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. 70s is where I get or... scared. <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. No, but there's, like, there's, not that, there's not that many in the 70s. It's like of, centipede. This on the bong. Matrix. <laughs> um, <laughs> did this game come out on a, originally come out on a 16-bit video game console? No. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's the well, 90s. We well, it could still be 64. Uh, or well, eight, or correct. But you go any lower, and I'm screwed. The second it's just a did, dot on a screen, I got did nothing. This, <laughs> did this release on a Nintendo console? Yes. Oh, thank God. 
<laughs> Nobody knows how many bits. Damon was the Atari four bit. I I don't think it works that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, N- the NES is eight bit. I think the Atari. Dude, I want bit. someone to do the math. Like, what? How many bits is my PS five game I'm playing? Like, how many, how many bits is that? <laughs> how many bits is the? That's the autocomplete on Google. How many bits is the PS five? <laughs> What's the answer? <laughs> Uh, it, it, and I actually did know this now that I'm reading it. Is you're right, Damon. It doesn't work that way. And the PS5 is the, the PS5 is still 64 bit, so it, just as powerful as an Atari. Oh, category. okay. All right. Is this so, game on I'm... the Nintendo 64? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Great. All right. All right. We're good. It's Mario. We're good. So as long as it's uh, not Quest or uh, whatever other RPG there were, it's probably not an RPG. Yeah, as long as it's not Quest 64 or the other one, <laughs> we're good. Uh, was this game developed or published by Nintendo? Yes, that's five. Okay. All right. So, uh, is this game uh, well published? Man, that can mean a lot. Uh, is this a platformer? No. Okay. So, well, it's does like this, still be Goldeneye. And... Does this game have uh, any Mario characters in it? No. Does this game have any Pokemon in it? No. Okay. Uh, do you shoot a gun in this game? No. What's the... Yikes. Maybe it's like that rare uh, demolition game. What's it called? Blast Core. Uh, Beetle Blast, Adventure Blast, Racing is Blast what you're thinking Core. of. Blast Core. It's just, it, is this game uh, developed by Rare? No. That's 10. Dang. Yikes. We've learned nothing. Did we ask um, about a shooter yet? Yeah, yes. I said, do you well, shoot guns? Oh, no. So maybe it's a bow shooter. <laughs> but, <laughs> but also, okay. like, it, it could still just be, like, Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, well, no rare, but, like, it could still just be, like, something like it's, that. It's, so hold on. Let's, let's pump the brakes here for a sec. Published by it's, Nintendo um, is is so, so broad. No, it's not. It's yeah, published, it's, by, Nint- it's published like... by Nintendo, but it's not rare. It's yeah. not a Mario game. It's not a platformer. And so that le- and it's not a Pokemon game. Racing. So that leaves Z- Zelda... That leaves sports. They did like Ken Griffey Jr. Right. That that leaves Star Fox. Um, yep. That and probably other games as well. <laughs> probably a few uh, more. <laughs> do we want to do like the human question? Do you play as a human? How do we feel? Are we okay with that one? That would eliminate Star Fox. No. Do you? Do you, <laughs> you don't, you don't play, play as a human. Well, I guess I guess depending <laughs> on the answer is what would eliminate it. Well, no, but then it's like then it eliminates stuff like uh, any racing games because you don't play as a human in a racing game. You play as a car, right? Have we established no, that no. logic? I don't know about that. <laughs> Hold on. I don't know about that one. <laughs> What's driving the car? Yeah, we don't we don't I, get it. We don't get that introspective on on twenty questions. <laughs> um, let me think. Uh, well. Is it a sports game? Uh, no. <clears throat> oh, he hesitated, though. Mm. That means he had to think about maybe, it. I, I mean, thought maybe it was 1080 snowboarding there for a second. Is 1080 snowboarding a sports game? Yes, that is an extreme Definitely. sports game. Ice sports. Yeah. <laughs> snowboarding is an extreme sport. <laughs> but I'm just trying to I think. I think it's... It's not... Uh-oh. Really, a sports game, but <clears throat> what if it's like Tony Hawk? Well, no, that's it might be, be like Nintendo. that'd be that's not Nintendo. Might be like sports adjacent. Okay, What's so it's not mean? it's not a baseball game, it but means, it could be it like a race. Madden guys. No, so it's not Ken Griffey Jr. That probably means it's not 1080 snowboarding. 
No, I, I think I think if it were, if it were 1080 snowboarding, I think that would be a definite yes. It's probably not Pikmin. Oh wait, Pikmin was a GameCube. Is there game. is there um, yeah. a? Oh my gosh, I can't think of the name of it right now. Captain Falcon, Grant, uh, yeah. F Zero. Is there an F Zero game F-Zero. on the sixty four? Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. That, that's kind F-Zero of like X. what I'm thinking, like right now, because that's not a sports game, but I could, I could see somebody interpreting that as a sports yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is this, but a, ra- didn't we, is this didn't, a racing game? Didn't we eliminate racing games? No, we no. didn't. Is, uh, we did. To ask Justin's question, is it a racing game? Yes. Sweet. Oh, okay. So probably... Okay. I thought is we'd it, eliminate them. It's probably this, zero, then. Does this game feature Captain Falcon? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, is, what if what if this is a weird okay. one-off where Captain Falcon isn't in the N64 one? <laughs> I'm, I'm back <laughs> to Beetle Adventure Racing. It could be they that. Didn't, God, they didn't publish published. that, did they? So, so we we know it's not Mario Kart. We know it's yep. not F Zero, mm-hmm. and we know hey, this is a deep cut. But like Rare made an N sixty four Mickey Mouse Kart racing game, but it's not the X. It's not the Rare it's not game. Rare. Yeah. What are they racing? Maybe they did publish Beetle Adventure Racing, but I don't. I don't think they did. I think it was something. I don't know anything US about that game publisher. except for that you drive slug bugs and you can make them do cool spins. It's a it's a really good game. It was one of the first racing games that was more like nonlinear with really branching paths and ways to get through the races. Is there is there like an um, Excite truck or something like that for N sixty four? Because I that's there is where I, there is ex, there's there's Excite bike sixty four. Okay, maybe something like that, or like a Pilot Wings type, maybe. There, well, there's Pilot Wings sixty four. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm but saying. It's also, like maybe it's, it's also that a, kind of a game. racing game. It's a racing game though. Pilot Wings probably has a racing mode in it. I've never actually played it. Uh, do you is this do you race dirt bikes in this game? No. Really? You got to figure what? out what we race, and uh, how, it, how I, many it questions could be slow bugs. That's fourteen questions. Oh, we Nintendo published N sixty four racing game. There's not there can't yeah. be that many of them. I mean, just to get this out of the way, are there? Well, bugs hold on, hold on. Did, but did we say like did, Diddy Kong Racing? Racing that's made by Rare. Yeah? That's Rare. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it wouldn't be that. I, I'm going to ask the bug question. You know. Beetle Adventure Racing is the only answer. Are, are there any bugs in the game? Wait, bugs? No. Wait, like hold on, insects. hold on, hold on, wait. What? The Beetle Adventure Racing is like Beetle's the cars. What are you talking about? Wait, what? Oh, oh, I thought it was an insect. Nick, oh, what are you I don't know what Beetle Racing is. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> I thought you rode like scarabs and whatnot. <laughs> You're thinking of the hit Nintendo 64 game Buck Bumble, and <laughs> no, that was not a racing game. <laughs> You're just making things up now. Uh, did they publish? They may have published Cruising USA. I could see that. That might have been a Nintendo published game. All right. Uh, I don't know oh, Nick, to... never All right. change. All right, how many questions are we at? <laughs> we have 15 now. All right, we got five. We got Wait. four more. All right. Uh, uh, what, I mean, they, so we both okay. So we still don't know if it's Beetle Adventure Racing or if that game's published <laughs> by Nintendo. Maybe if the, uh, the vehicle determining the vehicle. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do you race cars in this game? No. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> that eliminated both those. Uh, do you and, race? And we said it's not F Zero. Do you race flying vehicles? No. Wait. What about wavering? What the heck? Oh. oh. It's totally wave race. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you race on water? Yes. Uh, it's wave race. Wait, well, well, hold on. It's Hydro Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it's, not It's Nintendo. definitely wave race. Yeah, uh, yeah you're right. Do you that wanna... was, what, Dreamcast? Uh, do, you do, you, wanna... do you race jet skis in this game? 
Yes. All right. Yeah, Sweet. Is it, is it Wave, is it Wave Race, Race 64? 64? It's Wave Race 64. Oh, thank God. All yeah. right. I'm just saying, insect racing game sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was surprised. IGN gave us like a 9.7. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I'm I'm very tickled that the whole time we were name dropping Beetle Adventure Racing, you're picturing like little beetles skittering yeah, around. Yeah, that'd be great. I love like, that. I pictured little kids like like riding giant uh, scarabs and like flying around and stuff. Oh, no, you you raced like little you know slug bugs, whatever, whatever yeah. those cars are yeah. called. Yeah, v- VW yeah. VW Beetles. Yeah, and slug like you bugs. could do like crazy spins and stuff. Anyways, that wasn't the game. It's this game. It's we the got water there. Game. We got there eventually. <laughs> Has anyone yeah, actually played this game? In, in... Very briefly. Uh, I think I did when I was mm-hmm. when I was younger. I just remember yeah, loving the, the wave stuff. The wave stuff. Was like, the water was in- incredible. Yeah. 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 Apparently that it was a big was hit. Great. It's like it was just weird to come from Nintendo and not have any of their characters in it present whatsoever. I think it's kind like, of a, why, be- like, a beautiful what? game. Like even still now, like there's something kind of charming about like, it. Like, wouldn't have this been a bigger hit if that were like Mario right. and Donkey Kong on these jet skis? That's yeah, what I was gonna say. Yeah. It's like you know, Damon, I'm not, I'm not a video game executive, right. as I am always saying on this show. Yep. Like, <laughs> if you want to make, if you want to make a game like this, why isn't it Mario? Like, yeah, Mario. <laughs> it's so odd. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's fine that it's Mario not, Wave just, Race. Is that what it would be called? Mario Wave Race 64? Oh, Mario I, I'd Wave, be fine so. if it was Mario Wave, Wave 64, is a but cool it's like you put, you put Mario on the cover and that's it. Maybe they were trying to, maybe it's two things. One, they didn't want to take away from like uh, Mario Kart. Or, mm. And two, maybe they were trying to get like more mature, older gamers. Well, also, mm-hmm. I, like, I do remember this was a very popular game. So I, I, I actually wonder like how much it actually hurt them not having Nintendo characters. Like it probably would have made more, but I, I still think it was really popular. Yeah, it was great. My looks son has been playing this on the Nintendo Switch Online recently. That's why. Oh, nice. that's cool. That's why. Is he liking it? Yeah, he likes it. That's awesome. But he keeps wanting to play. Like he wants to play all these games that he's too young for. Like he could have a lot of reading. Uh-huh. So he keeps going into the Sega Genesis Classics games, and he wants to like play the Fantasy Star games. So, and I'm like, he's like, I want to play Fantasy Star. That's how I got a long road ahead. That's how I learned how to read Fantasy Star. I learned how to read with Final Fantasy three. That's what I'm trying to think of. Like when I was a kid, you know. I was I was playing Final Fantasy seven. When did that come out? Nineteen ninety seven, right? Like I yeah, was. Let him start a new game over and over nine. again, like I did, because yeah. <laughs> I couldn't <Yeah>. read. <laughs> He'll get there. All right, thank you for the suggestion, Reggie B in New Jersey. Viewers, listeners, if you have your own suggestions for video game twenty questions, email them to me at the email address gamescoop at ign.com. And that's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Nick, for joining me here in the studio. Thank you to both Justin and Mark. Thank you to Ryan working behind the scenes with that incredible on-the-fly B-roll. <laughs> My name is Damon, this is IGN GameScoop, and we're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.